You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is happening, and there are a few reasons for this. One, this merger, this toehold into golf, gives Middle Eastern money, Saudi money, I don't know if the word is credibility, but a little more credence as they creep into other areas of American sports. It does. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. We're presented, as always, by DraftKings, produced by Jack Connell, musical producer. The sounds you hear under us are from Boy Blue Tunes, who is Sam Brandt, my son. Okay, the biggest news of the year in the business of sports has happened. It does not involve the biggest league in the world of sports, and the league I talked about, I talk about more than any, the NFL. It involves a game of golf, it's a game that I'm trying to learn. We're all going to be full-time golfers later in life, right? So I'm trying to get there. What I do is I kind of do my thing most of the day, and when I'm able, I get out nine holes at night just by myself. I don't subject anyone to that. So listen, I'm an aspiring uh, retired golfer at some point, but that point is not now. Getting that out of the way, <laughs> it's the biggest news in sports. It's the biggest news in the business of sports for the year. It's the merger. I'm going to talk about that. Also, another a note from soccer that's related with Lionel Messi, and of course, a couple NFL items that hit the news this week that I think are fascinating, including the gambling issues with Isaiah Rogers. All right, let's get right to the merger. I'm going to start with the biggest impression I have out of this is this is just the start. This is the start of Saudi money, Qatari money, Middle Eastern money, entering American sports in a big way. Now, it's been there before with World Wrestling Entertainment. It's certainly been all over European sports, whether it's Newcastle United ownership, whether it is Formula One investment, but now it's in American sports. So before I get to the details of the merger and why I think they merged and why Jay Monahan did what he did, I think I want to get it out right away. Like, hey, this is just the beginning. Like, we can have our high horse about morality, our high horse about human rights violations over there, the Khashoggi tragedy. This is happening. This is happening. And there are a few reasons for this. One, this merger, this toehold into golf gives... Middle Eastern money, Saudi money. I don't know if the word is credibility, but a little more credence as they creep into other areas of American sports. It does. It's just a little more incremental understanding that this is coming. And when that happens, in a little more, we're going to see it enter other American sports, including the core four, NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL. It's going to happen. So I just want to get that out there. It's going to happen. They've got their toehold in golf, and it's going to happen. One reason it's going to happen is the success of all of these sports leagues and teams. All of these metrics are pointing north. Media contracts are going up. 
fan engagement is going up, whether on social, whether in stadiums, whether on television, all of that is going up. And most importantly, most importantly, franchise values are skyrocketing. Look at the NFL. Four years ago, Carolina Panthers, $2 billion. Last year, Denver Broncos, $4 billion. This year, the Commanders, $6 billion. Now, again, that's the outlier compared to other sports, but baseball and basketball franchises are $3 billion franchises. I mean, this is happening, and who is going to be buying these? So we're going to need institutional money, and that is allowed. In the NBA, in the NHL, and in Major League Baseball, institutional investment in these franchises is allowed. Somehow the NFL is holding on to this notion that they can have individual investors only in these teams. And that's a problem because with franchise values going as crazy as they are, you have to understand there are only so many multi-billionaires that can be cobbled together to own these franchises. Case in point, the Washington Commanders, they are to be sold, it seems, it's a fait accompli, to Josh Harris, Josh Harris from the Washington, D.C. area, a multi-billionaire. But even this multi-billionaire who owns an NBA team in the Philadelphia 76ers, who owns an NHL team in the New Jersey Devils, is having trouble securing the proper financing to buy this team because the price is so high. As I mentioned, I'm a Washingtonian. I know people who know Josh Harris, who know Daniel Snyder, and one of them called me and said, listen, I got this prospectus to become a part investor in the Washington Commanders. I can't share it with you. I'm like, totally understand. He said, I just want to tell you something. I'm basically being asked to give $100 million to get good tickets. <laughs> That's what being a part owner of these teams is now going to be. Not the majority owner, but being an investor. So my friend says, I'm basically being asked to give $100 million so I can get some good tickets. Weren't a lot of perks beyond that. Obviously, maybe they go to parties, they go to Super Bowl, whatever it may be. But this is where we are. And with franchise values skyrocketing the way they are, they're going to need institutional money. I mentioned the other three sports allow it. The NBA took another step towards exactly what I'm talking about. They're allowing investment from sovereign wealth funds like PIF, right? That would be PIF. Now, it hasn't happened yet. PIF meaning Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia, which is $600 billion. That hasn't happened yet. But it could. So that's my first point. This is coming. My second point is let's talk about PIF. The Saudi Public Investment Fund, total assets, according to reports, over $600 billion. They have been funding the Live Tour. With this merger, there's going to be a new entity. It's not going to be called the Live Tour. It's not going to be called the PGA Tour. It's not going to be called the DP World Tour, the European Tour. But it will merge all three into one tour in a to-be-named moniker. Here's the key factors from what we know about the merger. Number one, the sole, S-O-L-E, sole investor in this new entity is LIV. I'm sorry, PIF, Public Investment Fund. The sole investor in this new golf tour that's going to be the tour in the world in golf is the Public Investment Fund from Saudi Arabia. Point number two, if there is any future investor in this entity yet to be named, it, requ- it has a right of first refusal for PIF. 
So the public investment fund is of Saudi Arabia is the sole investor in this new tour. And it has right of first refusal over any future investor in the tour, meaning it can bring in its own people. It can bring in investment funds from the other Middle Eastern countries that it likes or doesn't like. It has sole right of first refusal. So I look at these two things and I'm not being hyperbolic here. This means to me, the Saudi public investment fund just bought golf. I'll say it again. The Saudi public investment fund just bought golf. They just bought it. They're the sole investor in this new tour. And the new tour is a combo of the PGA and Live Tour and the DP World Tour. That's golf. They bought it. It's theirs. And any new investor has to be approved by them or they have a right of first refusal. Oh, my goodness. This is it. So what happened here? Jay Monahan, PGA Tour Commissioner. I know. I haven't talked to him in many years, many years. But we worked together in the late 90s in an agency called Bob Wolf Associates, actually called Wolf Associates. The great Bob Wolf had died, and it was his formation of his old company. Jay Rand worked in the golf division. I worked in football, basketball, baseball. Why did he do this? After he was trashing live golfers, he was trashing the tour. He made morality plays about PGA Tour golfers not having to wonder or apologize for who they're playing for. He did that. He has said that the defectors cannot come back. He had done all that. And now he's merging with them. The other factor of all this is the lawsuit. And we cannot discount the importance of this lawsuit. Here's my sense of why, and I think it all relates to the lawsuit, why that Monaghan and the PGA Tour officials settled this case, settled this deal, merged. Number one, Liv wasn't going away, right? They're not going away. It's not the AAF. It's not the USFL. It's not the XFL. It's not some upstart basketball or hockey or baseball league. They are better funded than the PGA. So they're not going away. They had virtually unlimited resources. They're not going away. They're not going to stop bidding for the top PGA golfers. They had to recognize that. What else wasn't going away was the lawsuit. Now, the lawsuit was and has already gone through a lot of twists and turns, some rulings on behalf that favor PGA, some rulings that favored LIV, some discovery rulings. But that was going to go on all year, maybe see a courtroom in 2024, maybe late 2024, maybe 2025, incurring tens of millions of dollars in legal fees. And there would be discovery. And one of the things that I thought would be an interesting part of discovery was once Liv started poaching golfers, we heard about the PGA now offering $20 million purses for, I think, five events, which they had never done before. So... <laughs> I'm looking at this and like, where did that come from? Where did the $20 million purses that magically appeared come from? That would come out in discovery. It would come out in discovery whether Tour Commissioner Monaghan and other tour officials pressured networks not to go with Liv. Of course, they're on the CW network. They couldn't get in anywhere else. Did they pressure sponsors? Did they pressure golfers? Did they pressure venues? not to go on the live side. That would come out. So I think in talking to his top people and in talking to the lawyers, they understood 
And who knows how much money is coming from Live to the PGA Tour, but it's certainly sizable. They took the money. So, yes, all the morality plays from Jay Monahan, all the legal back and forth. You know the saying, follow the money. Business of sports always wins. It always wins. And it won here. It won here. Business won. We can use these phrases about follow the money, whatever it is. It's the business, right? It's not personal. It's business. And Jay Monahan, after making all these personal comments about the tour, about the golfers, about uh, facing each other in the mirror, whatever it is, it's business. It's business. He took the money. He took the merger. And he's going to stay on as commissioner or CEO. That was important to him, obviously. It's not being pushed out. Probably getting a huge raise. And in his words, he eliminated the competition. Well, I don't know who was the competition here. Whether Liv was the competition or the PGA was the competition, but it seems like Liv eliminated the competition more than the PGA eliminated the competition. So that is happening. Those are my comments about this big story. Uh, I hope I got in everything there. Take what you will. My key points are it's not going away. Uh the Saudi money is coming into other sports. It may not happen this month, may not happen this year, may not happen next year, but it's coming. It's coming. It's coming for all the American sports. They just bought golf. There's going to be more. Okay. Speaking of Saudi money, quick note on Lionel Messi. Report came out this morning. I'm talking to you on Wednesday, June 7th, that Messi will go to Inter-Miami. And these have been rumors for a long time. In MLS, and he'll get a huge money, and he'll get some part of the Apple revenues and share revenue share with them. Obviously, you can't even pay him enough. What a huge get for MLS. And he's coming to his buddy David Beckham's new team in Miami. That's going to happen. Now, there were a lot of rumors that Messi was going to join Cristiano Ronaldo in Saudi Arabia. And as I tweeted out this morning, well, it looks like someone is not taking the money. Of course, uh, Ronaldo making whatever it is, $200 million a year. Messi offered $300 million a year. and But he's not. He's not taking the money. But as someone noted, and a lot of reply backs to me is like, he already did. He already took the Saudi money. He's been doing tourism uh, campaigning for them as they try to get the, I believe, the 2030 World Cup. Uh, so, so he's already taken the money. And now he can play where he wants to play, which is Miami. Uh I haven't fleshed out the story yet, but just a couple, just those are just my comments. Lionel Messi coming to America is great news for American soccer. It's great news for the MLS. It's obviously extraordinary news for Miami. Inter Miami and David Beckham and the fans down there, it'll go crazy. And probably it's just his, his last stop his career. He wants, wants to go to Miami with a huge Hispanic population and be a hero. And living in Miami, good for him. But he also took the money from the Saudis already and still is with some tourism promotions and PR and whatever he does there. Okay, let's move to the NFL. Two stories here. Number one, we have another gambling story. Isaiah Rogers of the Indianapolis Colts is the player identified in reports that came out earlier, making bets, lots of bets, consistent bets, hundreds of bets, some on his own team, some from his own locker room. 
Okay, we have yet to hear the punishment for Rodgers. We know it's going to be severe. If Calvin Ridley got a full year, you can only imagine. Precedent of Ridley getting a year and these Detroit Lions players getting six-game suspensions, some of them indefinite suspensions. It would be a surprise if there wasn't a full banishment of Isaiah Rodgers. He fessed up on social media, so he has admitted to this. We'll see where it goes. Listen, I know everyone can be down on players and say uh, the, the, the knee-jerk reaction is, what an idiot. He can't do that. But I think we're at, an, we're at a time right now where you got to figure this out. Like, what are players really being told? Players come in and they kind of know you're not supposed to gamble, but it is everywhere. You cannot turn on NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, hockey podcast without having gambling in your face. I'm not excusing Isaiah Rogers. Of course, what he did is wrong. But what I'm saying is what is going on here where players are getting all of these messages that their leagues, their teams, their media embrace and support sports betting, but they can't do it. I know what you're saying is they got to know that. Are they being told properly? Now there's rumors, there's reports out there. They're going to be told. There's all these uh, Todd Bowles and and Tampa saying we're going to have meetings about this. It's going to be much more in their face. But yeah, I mean, I'm not excusing this. And and I understand the penalty is going to be harsh. But really, like, you know, in the scheme of things, like, I still don't get it. You know, I still don't get it. And I know it's very hard to compare sins, very hard to compare sins, but I just don't get it. I don't get Calvin Ridley losing a year because he made some parlay bets. You know, where are we here? Are we in the age of Pete Rose where he was banished from baseball for betting? Are we in the age of Paul Horning and Alex Karras banned a year for being at a casino? No, we're not in that age at all. We've embraced fantasy betting for years. We've embraced full-on betting for three years, 33 states, District of Columbia. NFL's got a sponsorship with Caesars. DraftKings is everywhere, including sponsoring this podcast. FanDuel is everywhere. I'm not excusing it. I keep saying that, but come on. I mean, listen, I'm back to Deshaun Watson. He has been called by not only media and fans and everyone else, but by the arbiter, Judge Sue Robinson, this time last year, a predator. (laughs) Predatory behavior towards dozens of massage therapists, 11-game suspension. Calvin Ridley a year. Isaiah Rogers may not play again. This is what's going on here. Do I think there'll be lawyers? Maybe at some point. Maybe the the lawyers for these gambling uh, suspended players will just say, let's just see what's going on here. What, What are we doing? Like, I understand players are held to a different standard. Everyone's going to know that. But it's in your face. It's in your face. The gambling is everywhere. And I would imagine some of the defense of Isaiah Rogers was that he thought he could do it, not in a big level, but he thought he could somehow do something. You can blame the teams we can go through if there's a lawsuit about, you know, what were they told? How were they told? What about the, the, the signs for sports gaming everywhere they go? What about a team in Vegas? Right. 
So we'll see what happens with that. I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying the NFL, is, as all leagues, are consistently saying to the world or to their players, do as I do. I'm sorry. They're saying to their players, do as I say, not as I do. That's what sports betting has become from the leagues and the teams to the players, from management to labor. It is saying, do as I say, not as I do. Okay, and speaking of management and labor, speaking of owners that are now selling franchises for $6 billion, let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. Shovels in the ground this week. Roger Goodell was there. The owner was there. The general manager, Sean McDermott, everyone putting a shovel in the ground. The start of the construction for what's now known as New Highmark Stadium, as opposed to Highmark Stadium, where they're going to play the next few years. New Highmark Stadium set to open in 2026. It just rekindles what we talked about months ago with the financing. The public financing piece of this billion, uh, whatever it's going to be, billion six stadium, is going to be $850 million. $600 million from the state of New York for this stadium in upstate western New York. And $250 million from Erie County, New York. Think about that. $850 million. Now, we saw the best deal in the history of the sports a few years ago when the Oakland Raiders were lured to Nevada with a $750 million stadium subsidy from the state of Nevada. That was the best deal in the history of the business of sports. The Bills beat it. The Bills beat it. The Bills, who own a franchise worth, say, $5 billion, now have an $850 million subsidy from the state of New York in Erie County that will help build their stadium. Are they going to put money in themselves? The Pugula family, the owners? Sure. Some will be PCLs, they'll get an NFL loan, but more than $850 million is just from the public. It's just it's a handout to billionaires. So listen. There are all these studies, economic impact. There's no economic impact. I mean, I think enough studies have shown there's not a lot of economic impact. And I don't even know if this Highmark Stadium is going to be part of an entertainment complex, is going to have shopping and restaurants and hotels around it. We'll see. But this is the thing. And by the way, they don't even have the best deal in the history of sports anymore. That's been upped by the Tennessee Titans, who are getting $1.2 billion dollars from the city of Nashville and public funding. This is amazing. And you know my saying with all of this, these owners, especially NFL, because they have such scarce assets, because they are so valuable, and because the threat, the threat of potentially moving. Kathy Hockle, the governor of New York, even mentioned that when they approved this funding. The bills could move, the bills could move. We just got to pony up, pony up, more money, more money, more money. Listen, please. They're not moving. They were not going to move. The Buffalo Bills were not going to move. Where were they going to move? Orlando? Where were they going to move? Portland? Where were they going to move? San Antonio? Come on. I mean, good on the Bills. Good on Bills ownership not having to spend on a stadium or spending uh, a massive amount less because of this public funding. But that's where we are. That's where we are. You know, this theme of this podcast is the business of sports always wins. It wins for the Saudis. 
It wins for Messi, whoever has the leverage. It wins for the NFL against players that gamble, and boy, does it win for NFL owners trying to secure funding for new stadiums with the semi-implied implicit threat that they might leave if they don't get it. Privatize profit, socialize cost. All right, guys. <laughs> Special edition podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you like these podcasts. I hope it's unique. Share it with a friend. Give us a ranking. Give us some uh, comments. Always appreciate hearing that. Newsletter every week, andrew-brandt.com. If you want to join the Sports Business League, andrew-brandt.com slash SBL. Twitter, of course, Andrew Brandt. And my reels every day on Instagram at Andrew Brandt 2. Produced by Jack Connell. Musical producer, Sam Brandt. And thanks to you for listening. Really appreciate all your patronage through the years. I keep doing this every week. And I'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.